Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. She brings over a decade of nutrition expertise and playing with her food to the table. From coaching, teaching, writing, and work Working within a major food company to behind the scenes for a health celebrity. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me today. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you joining me and spending this time together. I'm going to try something new and offer others to share their Kitchen Ninja tips with us on this podcast. I'm curious to know if you like it or if you'd prefer that I just share my own Kitchen Ninja tips. You can let me know hello at kristabigler.com. You can leave a review here. If we're friends, you can reach out, whatever you want to do. If you just want to let me know if you like hearing other voices, awesome. And today I asked someone who has a sugar intolerance to share a little bit of her story because we're on this topic of allergies and someone that's allergic to everything, Leslie Ray, she has an interesting story. And I just wanted to bring more light to this not very well-known condition. I've seen pop culture references in big news outlets about the woman who lived inside her whole life because she reacted or she was allergic to everything. This is probably the condition they were talking about. So I just want to bring more empathy and knowledge around this topic. Um, And so I can't wait to to share this with you. Hi, my name is Kristen from kristenskitchen.com. I recently met Krista of Less Stress Life podcast at a food conference, and she asked if I would share this week's Kitchen Ninja tip. Smoothies are a great opportunity to get some good protein and fiber as well as healthy fats into your day, especially if you are on the go in the morning. Unfortunately, the majority of smoothies are filled with way too much sugar. I have a cane sugar intolerance and my body doesn't handle sugar or too much fruit sugar very well. So I make all of my smoothies without fruit and you'll be shocked to know what my main ingredient is. I love adding frozen zucchinis to my smoothies instead of bananas. Bananas add lots of unnecessary sugar, and ice can often water down your smoothie. 
Frozen zucchini thickens your smoothie up just like a banana or ice does, and it won't add any excess sugar. Plus, you can't even taste the zucchini. It adds extra veggies and is great in any smoothie. Just wash and cut your zucchini into one-inch rounds and place them in a Ziploc bag in the freezer. Happy smoothie making! Okay, today I am going to be geeking out a lot over this interview, and I hope you guys are really interested as well. We're interviewing Leslie Ray, who is an herbalist, health nut, and self-taught mast cell maven. Oh, I'm excited for you to learn what this is. After using her knowledge and gifts to stabilize her own mast cell and histamine disorders, she turned her efforts to helping others stabilize theirs as well. So, you know, what is mast cell disorder? Um, Well, Leslie's going to give us a big uh, intro to it, but basically, layman's terms, It's like the girl who is allergic to everything. So basically why we brought Leslie here today was because I not so long ago had a client reach out to me who told me all about the anaphylaxis or, you know, the basically the throat closing up, um, swelling everywhere after she would eat anything. And it just kind of came suddenly and crazily and no doctor knew what was wrong with her. And, uh, it was, it was awful. She was covered in head to toe in a rash all the time. Um, she was taking, bleach baths. She was taking other oil baths. She was like, she had this five hour regimen at night to, to, um, overcome. It was just bonkers. And because of the networks that we're in sometimes, um, she sounded like she had this mast cell disorder, which, you know, everyone says is very rare, but you know, since I met her last month, I've, you know, encountered about five others. So it must not be that rare. And so Leslie is someone I've looked up to for a little while. She has a great Facebook page and we'll tell you all about where to find her later, but it's unique, um, healing. Actually, I think it has a longer name. I'll let her tell you. And she's going to share all about her story today and some back end pieces because the other awesome piece of Leslie that I'll let her tell you all about is she, um, forages berries and makes elderberry syrup. And if you're not familiar with elderberry syrup for your immune system or, you know, medicine cabinet for the winter, then you're also in for a treat. So after all that, thank you so much, Leslie, for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I really admired Leslie's work because she was posting things on social media above the usual caliber of what you see. And I loved looking at all the articles she shared. Um, and so she, I actually reached out to her the first time, I think, because she had some of these homemade elderberry products for sale and, um, that I would definitely recommend to anyone. (laughs) And I am wondering, Leslie, can you tell me a little bit about why you started harvesting elderberry and how that kind of played into mast cell disorder and, and, you know, what is mast cell? activation well, syndrome. Yeah. Before I was diagnosed with a mast cell disorder, I was diagnosed with lupus, which also affects your immune system. And I, you know, realized that I needed something to help my immune system through the winter because I would get sick. And I have a bit of a background in, you know, using kind of herbs in a kind of an, you know, uh, ancient way of just little natural remedies I knew here and there and um, started using those elderberries and um, it was really interesting because you know I knew they were in my area I had moved here to North Idaho about a year prior and knew they were here so we went out and forged them um, within about a month of taking that you take elderberry daily during the winter and if you take it daily it gives you just a little bit of an immune boost so that you can then hopefully stave off those viruses and the flus and um 
even if you don't take it daily, even if you start to take it when you're starting to get sick, it can actually shorten uh, how long you carry that virus and how, and you know, kind of calm down the symptoms of it a little bit as well. Um, but I noticed because at that point in time, I'd been diagnosed with mast cell that within a month of taking it, my mast cells were, were really, really calm and I was significantly better. So I knew something had happened to shift those mast cells as well. And that's kind of where my journey with everything started was just um, learning to rely more on the plants that were around me. I was, you know, I was an herbalist and a forager already. And um, when mast cells come, when mast cell disorders come on, just you mentioned, it can happen very quickly and it's very scary. So oftentimes people get on a lot of medications very quickly. And I was on 14 at the time. So to go back a little bit, um, let's just tell everyone kind of what mast cell activation syndrome is. What does it feel like? And how do you know that you've got it? Because this is a big ball of stuff. It is. It is. It's very multi-layered. Um, it feels like exactly like you said. You are allergic to the world, and that's how I used to explain it to people. I was allergic to everything. Um, everything I put in my mouth, anything I could smell, I, it didn't matter. I was pretty much having anaphylaxis to just about everything. It was very scary. It's it's terrifying. And people end up in that situation. It really put your whole life on hold and really you just have to dig in and figure out how, what what do you need to do to get past it and that's that's a very very difficult part is just how um life is i mean i i did it without kids on board my kids were older they were teenagers they could fend for themselves i have a lot of empathy for these you know like young mothers that have this issue um so mast cells are part of our immune system and they're actually really working for us it's just that in these certain situations they just go a little bit overboard um but say you get a cut on your arm you're going to have mast cells respond to that because they have compounds in them that will spill out like histamine and other compounds that will spill out and help to actually heal that wound um the same is true if you say taking a food that you're allergic to or are exposed to maybe a chemical or something. So that's uh, that's why people get, get all of these different reactions in all these different areas because the mast cells are responding and trying to protect them. Okay, so to take it a, deep, a step further outside of the science, which is very relevant and important, you feel like you're allergic to everything. What are, like, do you, are you in the hospital all the time? Um, do your doctors know how to treat you? How do you find out that you have mast cell disorder? Yeah. Well, back when I was first diagnosed, it was um, pretty rare. It's really, I agree with you, it, it does not seem to be so rare anymore. And I have some hypotheses about that. But um, most people go through many, 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 many doctors before they before they can find help. And that was the case for me as well. I was lucky in the town that I live in to have a fantastic allergist that actually knew what mast cell disorders were and recognize it and then and then send me on my way. So I had to actually travel outside of my home state to get diagnosed. But there is a long path for people usually where they are 
not recognized by allopathic medicine and they're not health medicine. And it's pretty traumatic because you end up in the hospital. I was in the hospital, you know, usually three, four times a week. Yeah, that's a big deal. And if you're in the hospital, not really sure how to treat you. And I think there's some definite, you know, heart issues that can go along with that as well. Yes. So if you're if you're not really being treated properly, it's is a disaster very quickly. Exactly. And exactly. so when you hit this turning point, I mean, all of a sudden, do you wake up allergic to everything? Does it slowly kind of come on? And then all of a sudden, bang, it's cr- full blown and crazy? Or how does it start? So um, not only with my experience, but experience of those of my clients, it, it can do both. Most people look back and they see that there was kind of a slow, gradual change but then for other people it can be very very sudden that's not unusual at all um for me it was very sudden and that was you know i'm sure we'll talk more about that but that was because i was being not only exposed to mold but um, i had decided to start having morning smoothies with pineapple and spinach which are two very very high histamine foods so i kind of pushed myself in this position of reacting to it as quickly and heavily as I did also by what I was eating. Interesting. So do you think that people are ever born with mast cell activation syndrome based on your history and um, your clients? I think that there is a genetic component for sure. I don't, I don't expect um, that they're going to find a certain gene. What I see are many, many genes that are, putting us in a position where we're just really, really sensitive to the world and the toxins around us and what's going on in the world. And I kind of see us as the canaries in the mine. Um, Our world is becoming more and more full of toxins. Um, You know, GMOs, I think, have a very, very big part in what's going on with this. And I think because some of us do not have the appropriate genes to break things down well. We are the first people that are kind of getting it with this. And as you know, um, it's kind of on the rise. There's a reason for that, I believe. Yeah. So if we think about kind of how, because this is what I've started to learn. Mast cell activation syndrome clients are being treated in many ways. And I kind of had blinders on where I was just following people that were working on naturally strengthening the immune system. But it seems that there's also a completely different camp. People that are going on chemo and are on a lot of different types of medications for that, that aren't necessarily, I mean, I know you're trying to stabilize your immune system, but they aren't strengthening, which is something that you that's really your niche is strengthening so you can heal that way. So tell us about some different paths that mast cell activation syndrome people can go on and kind of some of the different avenues there. Right. So I, I really do think pharmaceuticals in the beginning are pretty necessary, not always because some people are not hit quite as hard, but I think that it is often difficult to get a handle on it without using some pharmaceuticals. So most people are immediately going to be on an H1. So we have H1 histamine receptors. Um, they're going to be put on an antihistamine that will help basically damp down the histamine that's being released from mast cells. Um, the other thing that most people are put on right away is an H2. Um, and that's dampening down those histamine receptors that are in our digestive tract. So that can kind of start to give people a handle 
on what's going on because we have very, very full histamine buckets and it can be difficult to get those histamine levels down again. So that's crucial for most people. I've had very few clients that can completely skip being on any type of pharmaceutical. Sure. Um, what's difficult, of course, is the side effects of the pharmaceuticals. And I think what happens is that we are already in this very toxic place. And then like me, I was on 14 different pharmaceuticals. So you can imagine my poor liver was really struggling. And on top of that, I think part of the reason I was reacting to everything was because my liver was very toxic already. So I kind of had this defining moment where I was getting ready to throw my 14 medications down my throat and I thought, this isn't helping me. It's making me more toxic. So I think what happened is we kind of go down the road of the pharmaceuticals and we can either kind of start to incorporate natural things that, that we can layer in that will help to clear our liver and boost our immune system or we can kind of go down the other path where we rely fully on allopathic medicine and i think there's um you know we get very quick results from that but i think that we also have some side effects that affect us long term from that okay so that lean that lends nicely to the next kind of piece that goes back to your original story about elderberry so you were already foraging elderberries because of where you live they're you know they're wild there so you were doing that we know that elderberries are really useful for immune system um immune system health and then what was kind of the aha moment i know you had discovered like you thought things were improving because you were naturally already taking your elderberry syrup and you had a kind of an aha moment and you started digging a little bit deeper right. tell us more about that yeah so i'd been you know i'd gone out we'd forged the elderberries which is always fun it's beautiful here in north idaho so even being out and foraging is very uh you know it's good for us and it makes it better so that was a lot of fun and then came back made our syrups for the year uh, and started taking them so i knew that that year we were going to start taking them every day so that we would have the benefits of it helping to boost the immune system and I noticed about a month in that I wasn't having very mast cell issues. And I was really curious about that. And at that point in time, I didn't even know that they had quercetin. Well, quercetin is something that is, is an antihistamine, but it's, it's, an, it's an H1, it's an H2 that stabilizes mast cells. So it just has, and there's many, many herbs do that. But, and know that it was giving me an immune system boost so it was very very helpful so i started doing a lot of research into what is it in the elderberries that is helping so much and kind of started speaking out into the mass cell community about the benefits that i was having at that point people started wanting me to do them for them too so that's that that was the very meager humble beginning <laughs> Of, of how this all started. So um, the elderberries have been amazing. And something interesting about your elderberry syrup that I didn't know was that you're putting star anise in there. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you use that with your when you're making your own products? Yeah. Um, I tried to come up with a very synergistic blend of things that could help people absorb, which is why it has black pepper in it, which is kind of unheard of. And then I um, also use uh, star anise because the compound in star anise is actually what inspired Tamiflu. 
I put a lot of things in there that give additional boosts to your immune system. And also things uh, like Jenner that I put in there helps if you're actually in the state of having the flu. It can actually really help the symptoms that you're having. And that's interesting because some immune boosting things seem to not be so effective unless you've been taking them for a long time to really strengthen it from the back end. But if something can help you while you're in duress, um, I, I kind of see that a little bit. Like people will take the health viral thing and they'll say, oh, I'm going to take probiotics, which is fine. doesn't hurt anything, um, but it, it works right. a little bit better when, when everything's strengthened beforehand. So, Right, exactly. And that's the best way to use elderberry is to keep yourself from getting sick in the first hand. Um, last year I actually ran myself short <laughs> filling so many orders and I thought, well, I've been doing a lot better. I'll just, you know, I can sell the last of what I have and I'll just use it if I get sick. And last year I ended up with pneumonia. So that was very clear to me. And that was partly because, um, the food we had last year, and I don't know if you know anybody that had it, but it was hitting people very quickly and people were catching the flu, like within 48 hours of having the virus. So if you use elderberry when you first get sick, yes, it's going to work, but it takes a while to get in there and kind of catch up with what's going on, what I think. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten about that, but I remember the flu often. I work with pretty complex medical cases sometimes, so I was I was familiar and I was kind of in my um, periphery that there was a lot of people that were having flu and pneumonia coupled, which is mm-hmm. bad, um, bad news. So yeah. it's like a super bad yeah. Super bugs, um, right. whole nother topic there for sure. Uh, so when you were kind of, you know, going through this at first, I mean, you, you were, your natural kind of lifestyle was, you know, intersected a major tragedy almost in your life. Um, but what other resources did you look to, to help you get through this in the beginning? I literally had nothing but Facebook. There was very little even on the internet. I can remember the first time I went on to Google and searched mast cells or, and actually at that point, you wouldn't pull anything up within mast cell. Like this is how different it was like five, six years ago. Um, there was nothing when you put mast cell, but if you end mastocytosis, which is, you know, a partner uh, diagnosis that you could get, um, you know, it's one or the other that you're dealing with. Then I would get a couple of things to come up. So at that point, or at that point, there was really nothing. There were really no resources for me except for a few Facebook groups. And at that point in time, there were only three Facebook groups. Um, and there was, I don't know if you heard a low histamine chef, a low histamine chef, which now healing histamine existed at that point as well. That's yeah. where I learned. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a Yasmina is like amazing. So. Um, yeah, yeah, and kind of yeah, she's incredible, and that's where I got. You know, honestly, she and I are very aligned in our belief systems. So I did get from her, and um, there's a group in particular that um, you you know was very very good for the scientific side of things, so I could understand scientifically that what was going on, and that was mass attack. And then the group that I really really did well with was. Um, a healing, uh, let's see, what is it, mastocytosis and mast cell integrative healing. And that was the one where I started to learn then more a little bit about what could be done naturally, although I'll tell you that group was a lot different at that point because it was, we were primarily using pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 
Um, interesting. And so just to kind of go back, you said that you and Yasmina or Yasmina from Healing Histamine, um, which is her now name, uh, align a lot. And that's because you both, I've watched some of her stuff as well. It's because you both align with strengthening, you know, instead of just avoiding and and trying to mitigate it and manage it. It's really about strengthening, you know, the back end can try to, your body can try to manage it because our bodies are amazing. Right. Although I can remember being very frustrated because she would talk about eating certain foods and I could not understand how do you get from where I'm at right now where I was juicing four foods. I mean, I juiced four foods and used a brown rice protein powder for, you know, like six or seven months. Um, so to read that, I couldn't understand between how do I get from here to there. And that's where I'm trying to come in and help people understand all those baby steps it takes to get from the point that you can't eat anything or you have less than 10 foods, which is fairly common, unfortunately, to now I can pretty much eat whatever I want, including very high um, histamine foods that are, you know, fermented and stuff. That's amazing. That's a really big deal for sure. And there's a lot of details and that's really, you now help others, which is a huge, huge need. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, I've actually seen people from all over the U S talking on your page because there isn't, there isn't a lot of resources. Um, and speaking of, you know, we were talking about, you were really lucky to have a, a MCAS literate sort of, uh, allergist, which is great in your hometown. And by the way, studying immunology is like, (laughs) <laughs> it's a whole nother realm. It's incredible, uh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I re- my head hurt a lot when I first started yes. studying immunology. <laughs> but I find that it's been so rewarding because that's exactly I mean, I'm not working with mast cells so much. I'm working with other food issues that start to manifest as low chronic low grade inflammation, but still all immune related and it's right, incredible. Right. I feel like a lot of stuff goes back to immune system. But to get back to Absolutely. Yeah. So are you aware of any efforts to help get doctors up to speed with MCAS? Do you see, do you see, um, more effort put forth and and more competence going on, especially as you work with your clients, um, on how that's done? Um, Cause I, I know that even some of the diagnostic methods aren't so perfect, which is, you know, common, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the lab testing can be kind of tricky. Um, and what I find a lot with my clients is that, and, and I was, like I said, I was fortunate to have this situation myself where I had an allergist that knew about mast cell disorders. That was about it. <laughs> he didn't know much more than that. So we learned together. You know, I had a very humble, very kind allergist that was willing to listen to what I was learning and, and we kind of went from there. That's really what mass clients end up having to do. And people that are, are suffering from this really normally have to educate themselves and then find doctors that are willing to learn alongside them. Yeah. Um, it's becoming less that way because there are people are waking up, doctors are starting to pay attention, they're getting more comfortable with what happens and recognizing the signs. So we've we've come a long ways. We really have. Um, but it's difficult. It's still difficult. And that's, you know, another big piece of what I do is I really want people to learn to advocate for themselves. Yeah, for sure. And I, I resonate a lot. I, I heard a, an allergist speak um, a week or two ago at a conference. And 
he I asked him about mast cell and he said yeah but that's so rare and I'm like oh sure (laughs) (laughs) sure okay that explains the rest of your presentation yeah really (laughs) and I do really think that mastocytosis is still rare I think that this mast cell the mast cell affective syndrome which is um kind of a partner in crime, I think that's what we're really dealing with. And I see it as sometimes more of a symptom of the other things that are going on in the body that have, you you know, come to kind of this crisis point to where our body's really thinking that we need to be that fully that our mast cells are just going haywire like that. Mm -hmm. So, Earlier, you kind of talked a little bit about genetic predisposition with mast cell, and I've probably said this before, and you probably have your own analogies as well. You know, we have this predisposition, and then there's triggers that can kind of launch it, right? Like your genetics, you know, load the gun, and we pull the trigger. And so I had asked you earlier about um, what you thought was your trigger, and what are some triggers that you see in your clients? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's quite a few. I would say the two biggest ones are, are mold exposure and Lyme. So I would say probably, you know, I'm, this is just number off the top of my head, but I would say a good 75% of people are dealing with either one or the other, or sometimes both. Um, and that can push you into what's called SIRS chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And that's very, very often where I see that crossover into that. Now you're having mast cell disorders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jill Carnahan, but she's really got a good handle on what's going on there. Yeah. I'm familiar with her name and, um, that is really interesting. I, there's a lot of, I don't know if it's because I've kind of, I spent a lot of time researching limes for a while and now I'm kind of out of it. You know, I think we go through phases on what we're really researching hard at the moment and uh right kind of next on my on my I did some work on it and I decided all right I got to get back to my current clients and then I'll come back to it because we know that limes is really kind of increasing we've got you know another tick that literally um the lone star tick that's causing a red meat allergy and that's a legitimate thing it's so weird um and so we just you know we have to be conscious of these stressors are in our environment. We take a lot right. of things for granted. Um, and our bo- we, we stress our bodies out a lot and our bodies um, take it. And then it's just kind of when is, what's the straw that breaks the camel's back really that makes exactly. it kind of explode. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. And and I will say that the client um, I had also, we had decided, we had discussed, you know, there was a long-term chronic mold exposure in, in the trailer house that she lived in. So, and that kind of stuff lays silent and, and quiet for a while. And um, it's a, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to work through. Yeah. Yeah. I too have been exposed to mold for a while, but I think what happened for me is that I had mold exposure and then I had a couple of surgeries So, um, and then at that point, I think that having the surgeries, you know, you're taking antibiotics before you can go into the surgery and come out of the surgery and you receive another IV push of more antibiotics, and then you're taking them when you get home for a couple of weeks. And I really think that the two coupled together was, was the breaking point for me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I see with everybody is. You know, and it doesn't have to be something physical. Um, it can be something traumatic. It can be, you know, that you just had a divorce or, um, you know, lost a family member. So 
many components to it and not all physical. It's important. It's really important to stay tuned into the fact that um, stress comes in, you know, other ways besides just physical. And I know you're very familiar with that. So it's not just the physical side of things you need to pay attention to. You need to pay attention to what's going on emotionally as well. I appreciate you mentioning that so much. You're speaking my language because I definitely see that, you know, everything we're working on is more than just a physical piece. You know, there's a lot of stresses and we discount stresses. I probably say that a lot on my podcast, but hopefully it will sink in a little bit because we all have to kind of have those gut checks. And so I was wondering, is that kind of your gut reaction or do you have another gut reaction of what you tell someone um, to do if they, if they know someone that has a story similar to yours or they're really kind of having like, oh my gosh moment. I think I know somebody with Mm -hmm. this or even just from the herbalist side the way you practice strengthening from the inside out you know what's kind of your message that you want to leave people with today well I think first you you do need to reach out and you need to find somebody that will help you because this this is a deadly disorder um we've actually lost seven people in the last six weeks in our community so this this disease does kill people so I think it's important to have a um whatever kind of medical team you can get together that can help support you in that way. And then the first thing I do with people is just to try and calm the autonomic nervous system so we're not in this fight or fight or flight mode all the time, which is kind of a precursor to this. And then begin healing the microbiome. And those are the, just the, t- the two best things that you can do that re- can really start rebuilding your system and of course while we're doing that we have to pay attention to you know yeah we're going to be responsive to high histamine foods because mast cells are dumping histamines into our body so there's some you know there's huge dietary changes that usually need to go on for people as well yep it's like one thing at a time we have this eye on the prize this is you really speak in my language because that's really my goal whenever people is um you know internal healing but there's pieces we make these dietary changes first to get results so we can tolerate right. the other piece so right. love love, right. love it. there's systems and strategies yeah. and linear pieces um and there's people that'll help you walk through it and and you're right you need advocates um when you got mass cell for sure yeah I, I appreciate so much that you were able to share this story with us because I think it's one that needs to be told. And the beautiful thing about podcasts is over time, people are going to go search for information on mast cell. And I hope that they find this interview and and find some consolation um, from it. Um, So, so Leslie, where can people find you online or kind of follow your research? Or I know your products are kind of private at the moment, but, um, and you do some stuff and you kind of post about it, but tell us a little bit more about where we can connect with you. So I have a I have a page on Facebook and that's all I have at this point with it, which is unique healing. Um, so you know www.facebook.com slash unique healing. Um, I I offer my products to everybody, but I I'm very individualized. So I what I do more of is you know I may have a mast cell client that say wants to try holy basil. Well, it's it's difficult to find supplements that, that we can tolerate, and that's kind of my specialty. So um, if anybody's interested in, hey, I need a really safe holy basil supplement, that's what I do. And you can, you know, anybody's welcome to reach out to me there. Um, and then, of course, you know, like you mentioned, the, the elderberry syrup is back. I was selling it years ago before I even started anything online. So that's something that I, I also think is really important. And, you know, each fall I... 
I sell those products. So those are always available too. I love it. And I can tell Um, you, I've gotten a lot of them and I think that they're far superior to the quality I've (laughs) <laughs> obviously oh, anywhere else. If you, you. Can, if you can find Thanks. someone local um that does stuff. i mean i have like my my honey people my maple syrup people now i got my elderberry <laughs> people i'm just rolling it's sounds good. like me yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you pick what's important to you so yeah good yeah, yeah. well thank you so much leslie um this yes, has just been you, a joy to kind of shed a little bit of light and get people started and just aware um, so I, I hope people will share this interview yeah. with, with others and I look forward to talking to you again. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Krista. Mm-hmm.